Ladies and gentlemen of the Bizzlecast, welcome to Rogue One, an ode to my mother. My parents, from a very young age, encouraged my imagination. And so, when I became infatuated with fantasy and science fiction and other crazy imaginary views of reality at a young age, they let me explore it in every way possible. It wasn't just toys or games, it was books, it was movies, it was comic books, and it was never excessive for me. Each step led to another step, which led to another step. So, you know, as I've talked about before, moving from watching Return of the Jedi every weekend because I didn't have a lot of friends and was very isolated in sort of rural Pennsylvania, uh, shifted nicely uh, to the watching of Braveheart in the same circumstances, in the same place, in, in the same mindset. My parents always knew how important Star Wars was, and we all really liked The Force Awakens on our first view together. I can't remember who I saw it with first, um, but me and my mom and then me and my dad in the first three viewings were definitely there. Now, I love that movie now. I give it like a B-plus plus a minus in the initial reckoning now i definitely give it a solid a you know among blockbuster star wars marvel etc movies rogue one as i mentioned in my non-spoiler review i gave an a coming straight out of and i can report to you that seeing tonight in such a special occasion with my mom (laughs) mama bizzle uh, the best mom on the planet, a veterinarian, uh, just the m- most caring person you will ever meet. But she has such an open mind about stuff. And I didn't know what to expect with her expectations and her experience with Rogue One. And I'm going to put on the spoiler warning here because I'm sick of talking about Star Wars on the record um and not talking about what's really going on i'm not going to spoil things just to spoil them but it's really important because from felicity jones from minute one as a young felicity jones and um or i should say as young jen urso and then felicity jones to the end my mom was completely with this character which is exactly why we need lead characters that are female and strong and empowered in the star wars universe and with everything that we've experienced in the last few months that have been so horrifying in this country if you care about women's rights and female empowerment and so forth to see Jen so not just kick ass i mean she does kick ass but that's really not the main thing that defines her character it, it, it's it's her rebellion against authority including the rebels who are being a bunch of pussies excuse my language but i think she would support it you know and not really going after the mission that they claim they're going after which is to take down the empire and defend themselves and then all the way to the end and here's the first major spoiler you see in the movie you know how great it is to see princess leia and when i saw moff tarkin in my first viewing with my dad it was clearly cgi but then i talked to my dad about it looked on the internet and a lot of people didn't even know including you know peter cushing's own family um and then seeing it on the second time i was more convinced it wasn't thinking about it that's why i love the second viewing but even more so cgi leia at the end i did not even think for two seconds about because 
because you have gone through hell this entire movie. It's like going through boot camp. You know, you're enjoying what you're seeing. It's beautiful, but it's so violent. All the good guys are dying, and literally all the good guys die. At the very end, when you think Darth Vader is going to end things, and you're going, how the hell does this result in Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Han Solo, and so forth? And you see Princess Leia. Uh, who, by the way, is now the only character other than the droids that has appeared in the two new movies. That's it. Just those two. Unless you count Darth Vader's helmet, in which case Darth Vader is there. But I love how restrained they were on Vader. And I haven't had a real chance to talk to my mom yet about why she loved the movie. But I didn't even have to ask her. I mean, she just turned to me afterwards and was like, I really love that movie. And I said, I know, Ma. I know. And early in the night, by the way, because she doesn't have a nissan rogue completely unconnected to what's going on now this is a total coincidence so she was up you know upgrading her lease and getting a new a new car at nissan recently and they gave her a fucking you know giant uh death trooper keychain you know just with this amazing weight and realness that star wars toys and models always have and she was like here i think you might like this i'm like are you kidding me it's a fucking death trooper you know i mean this is like one of the coolest nerd aspects of the movie but that's the thing is like you can't even nerd out too much because you know the stakes are just too high and there's too much at risk and so when these people put their lives on the line, not having known them that closely compared to some movies, I guess you feel every single death of the main characters in this movie. Now, before I start patting myself on the back, which I don't really want to do for predicting over and over again for months, if not a year plus, that everyone was going to die on this mission and, and all the signs were there, I didn't know if Disney had the balls to pull it off. I'm so happy they did, although, you know, having predicted it and glad they went through with it, it was still sad because of the character narrative, which they sold so well. But I wasn't sure my mom was going to be able to stick with it. I thought she was going to get, you know, just just upset but she stayed with it and the sacrifices of every single character in this movie their sacrifice feels earned it feels inevitable but in a positive way uh you know everyone dies on the surface imperial and rebel i think that's important you know people forget like in uh in braveheart um, and the Battle of Falkirk, which it seems early on, uh, the Scots might be able to pull out with the <laughs> the help of the Irish who defect, but, uh, you know, King Longshanks is there, and he basically says to just start shooting arrows in the middle of the battle, and his second-in-command says, you know, your highness, we're going to kill a lot of our own men, and Longshanks just looks at him and says, yes, but we'll kill them as well. Fire! And that's what happens with, you know, Peter Cushing, the CGI, grab him off Darka. They just fire on the surface, hoping to stop the whole thing. And this is what's great about Star Wars. You know, I've always talked about the fetishism of um, objects in the Star Wars universe. But for them to be able to transmit the message in this science fiction environment required so much work, but even when it was transmitted, it only got transmitted to the base ship, which then got disabled, which caused the situation for Lord Vader to board it and then, you know, almost get the Death Star plans back in his hands, which begs the question, why don't they, you know, put the, the Death Star on ice for a little bit till they figure it out later? 
that's just the hubris of the empire. But as powerful as all the performances were, the the nameless, uh, you know, grunts of the Rebel Alliance running throughout the ship, handing it off like it's a fucking decathlon or whatever, you know, a relay, I should say, um, in, in the Olympics, handing off the file as a physical object and, and then getting it to Princess Leia and the secret ship and the reveal of Leia. God, it's so good. This is a brilliant movie. This is it. I will never again judge a movie based on, you know, <laughs> rumors that there are reshoots and what those reshoots should mean and so forth. This was clearly a case where they wanted a little bit more humor, but they also had to reshoot a lot of the action. That's what was going on. People complain about the soundtrack in this movie. I don't really care too much. You know, they shouldn't have even had any music during the main theme uh, title of Rogue One. It, it was terrible. And, and there was some music late in the movie that was a little repetitive, but, you know, given, given that the music team was brought in last minute to redo the whole thing, I can absolutely live with it. And most of the action music is excellent, which brings me to the final battle. And again, I'm going to have to revisit this entire topic when I talked with my mom after she slept on it and thought on it. And there's no way I'm going to get her on the podcast, but maybe I can, you know, trick her uh, to be odd without her realizing. Uh, but the final space battle is so good. And people ask me why I love Return of the Jedi so much. I say I love the, you know, the, the rescue mission in the beginning where everyone turns themselves in on purpose you know and luke saves everyone with java sand palace and out in the desert and then i love the visit to yoda and the reveal of leia and kenobi and the whole thing you know and just the way that they managed to balance three major uh you know actions and drama scenes late in jedi for the last like 45 plus minutes which is what's going on with the death star which is the most important in a lot of ways and what's going on on endor and what's going on with the fleet in space and the fact that the fucking calamari not admiral akbar because they would have had to kill him because they end up killing the, the, the lead ship here, which is also run by Calamari. But the fact that the Calamari race and their people were fighting to fight this entire time and they end up leading the battle and the ones who end up with the, with, you know, right information in the right hands. I mean, the, I don't even know where to start with the space battle, you know, like it's, it's almost too much, you know, it's exactly what I've always wanted. It's an updated return of the Jedi. It's even better than revenge of the Sith. Um, you know, I mean, the Revenge of the Sith battle in the beginning with the fake rescue of Count du- or execution of Count Dooku or whatever you want to call it was excellent, but this was really on a whole new level. And the fact that they had a goal other than just fighting and destroying the Death Star, they had a goal of taking down the, you know, shield generator above the planet so they could get information back and forth. It wasn't even to get forces back and forth. It was to get information back and forth is brilliant. And the Corvette, Hammerhead Corvette, which if you've ever played the games, and I'm shouting out to you right now, Adam Dietz, the Hammerhead Corvette hitting one Star Destroyer into another in, in mega kamikaze fashion and causing those Star Destroyers to crash into the shield, and that be the thing that opens the line long enough for the message to make it. It's just unbelievable. And so, I'm not going to say I, I liked the movie more on second appearance, but it was nice knowing what it was building towards, and I could just sort of sit back and relax 
I had to go in the bathroom, which I never would do during a first Star Wars viewing, but I just had too much to, you know, too much iced tea or whatever. I had to go to the bathroom, grabbed a soda, came back, and the beginning of the gin saw scene, which I love. I, I, you know, I really think Forrest Whitaker does a fantastic job in this movie. I don't know why I questioned it, other than the potential of bad writing. And that's the thing. Like, no one's going to win a writing award for this movie, but it fucking just feels so real and what i said to my mom was because she was asking me you know what do you love about this movie i love it too but you've seen it twice now and i said mom you know the the added death and the added drama actually reduces the melodrama because now since so many people are dying in a realistic way Every time someone goes down, you don't, you don't hear, you know, no, no, oh, damn you, damn you, damn you, blah, 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 blah. No, it's just people dying. That's what war is. This is a war movie. This is a war movie disguised in Star Wars outfits, but this is the most important thing, and this is it, and this is why this movie works going into the future for many, many decades, is that now when you watch the original trilogy... Even though this movie wasn't in mind at the time, it doesn't matter because it fits so well. It's not just the Leia-Vader connection at the end. It's just historically this completely works. And so now when Luke gets recruited and Obi-Wan you know, brings him on the way and they're going to save Princess Leia, it adds even way more stakes than we ever had before because we know all these great characters that we fell in love with that died. And it also works backwards, which is that as depressing as the whole thing is, even someone like my mom, who saw the original movie with my dad in 1977, and knows it well enough, and like even researched it ahead of time, God bless her, I love you, mom, I mean, this is exactly why I'm dedicating this to her, you know, she was trying to catch up on the history, I tried to explain a few things, she didn't even need it, she could totally follow what was going on, is that... As depressing as this was, with all the deaths of the major characters and the minor characters and the red shirts and the grunts and even people on both sides, you know, you just felt this is a classic war movie where, you know, the war is exciting but makes you depressed about the state of, you know, humankind that when that comes to this point, but you knew it was leading even before the Princess Leia reveal, which is going to go down as, I think, the greatest Star Wars reveal ever, you know, in terms of a last-minute thing. You know, Marvel's attempted this a bunch of different times in a bunch of different ways, where they give away a secret right at the end, but nothing, nothing compares to this. I'm very excited for, you know, once the movie goes to DVD and we start hearing behind the scenes how this exactly happened, but bottom line is, you could stay with the depressingness because you knew that what they were doing was not only important but critical and would result in the end of the empire although not for good because of the first order we'll save that for another time but you know the two-way relationship now that rogue one has with well you know episode three in the prequels but especially episode four is a really really special thing and that you can watch this movie and pop in (laughs) a new hope and you're literally watching leia and vader like probably an hour or a day at most after this all went down heading to tatooine can't say enough about this movie was really an honor and a pleasure for my mom uh, to be there with me and for her to love it without me goading her and i warned her i said ma you might be depressed by this it's kind of dark you might want some tissues you know I, I i didn't goad her i wasn't talking to her during the movie much except you know a couple little things i wanted her to know like when jimmy smith shows up that that was leia's dad i wanted to set the seeds so it would actually mean more to her and i think it worked out so 
uh, you know, this is what Star Wars can do. And this is why when I learned that the Urso family was going to be important and not just Jin Urso, unlike Maddie G and some people, I love the family component of Star Wars always. That is what differenti- differentiates uh, itself uh, from o- other major blockbuster properties other than the, you know, really smooth and appealing combo of fantasy and sci-fi. It's the family aspect and the death of Jin's dad was sad but predictable and not melodramatic and she didn't linger on it. I mean, there are so many directors that would have just had Jin say, no, 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 blah, 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 blah. Nope. She just moved right on. Cassian pulled her away. A great unrequited love relationship. There's so many comic books, I think, that are going to come out of this movie, and I mean that in the best way possible. So, this is the second review, the first of the non-spoiler reviews. I'm going to dedicate this to my mom. I hope there was enough mom talk. I don't want to give away, you know, son-mother privileges. I also haven't had a chance for her to sleep on it for a night or two and talk, so I might follow this up, but... It was just a really amazing feeling to be there with her, who encouraged me so much growing up, not even understanding this stuff. And my dad did too, but he just is into this stuff more, so he can understand it. From a personal standpoint, for my mom, it's all through me, but she was completely drawn into this film. And to me, that is a successful film. If you can do a dark sci-fi star wars film and have my mother love it and let me stress felicity jones is not getting enough credit for her subtle performance that just means the world to me and and means that if this movie makes a billion plus which i think it's going to it deserves every single dollar so bizzlecast listeners out there I am one with the force. The force is with me. I am one with the force. The force is with me. I am one with the force. The force is with me. And we'll be revisiting this very soon. Bizzle out.